Welcome to the new School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to flip the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and dogs and cats, and your yeah. pet your pet turtle named Frank. Frank. Wow. Uh, we appreciate you, <laughs> love you, and we're so happy to have you back here on the new School of Success. Um, myself and Julian are back Whoa. again. Okay. <laughs> this Say is hi, man. Gee. <laughs> well, you're you're doing so in the way that only you would. You're cutting me off while saying hello. What was that? What? Huh? Well, anyway, wow, we've gotten squirrely off the bat here. Uh, yes, we are back here on the New School of Success. And before we get into a, a topic that um, might feel heavy, but by the end you'll feel light, um, mm. I wanted to kick it over to my partner in crime, Julian, so that we could continue to shout out all the faithful listeners that keep, le- keeping it, wow, keep leaving us some love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm just going to stop talking and Julian can start. Just shut up, Nick. Just shut up. Um, if you want to be featured at the beginning of an episode, leave us a sweet review. If it's a bad one, we're not going to read it. Because um, Nick and I's egos are humongous. Yes. But uh, any hoot, this and is from and, and don't be lazy and just click the five stars and leave it be. Like, write something. Don't be. Write sure. something nice. We want to hear from you. So this is from Grassman314, which. Maybe he's a purveyor of marijuana cigarettes. I don't know. But he said, stumbled upon the show and I'm hooked. Great stories, powerful topics, and really useful tips. Highly recommend. Well, thank you, Grassman314. I'm assuming you're from St. Louis as well, and you smoke a little sweet, and that's okay. It takes all kinds of kinds. Um, but yeah, if you want to be featured here, just uh, you go on. You take 15 to 35 seconds, leave a nice review, say some nice stuff, and then boom, we'll be, we'll be shouting your praises from the rooftop. Um, so I'm going to kick it back to Nicky Nick here because hmm, how, would it, how would it feel to live a life with a lot less suffering, a lot less overthinking, a lot less stress, a lot less anxiety, a lot less doubt, a lot less of these painful emotional states created by our mind? I think a life with less of that would be pretty darn fun, cool, enjoyable adventurous, uh, nifty, neat, um, beneficial, uh, a big hoot. Uh, I could go on and on with these, with these words, but Nick, tell us, what are we learning today? Today we are learning the difference between pain and suffering and really getting into the, the depths of why mm. y- your suffering is in your story. It is. Ooh. Do you like that? A little alliteration? Alliteration on a Saturday mm. morn. Mm. That's right. That's right. But yes, we, um, we wanted to, to bring this topic to light today because as you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you are um, in the depths of personal development and, and self-help type stuff, trying to grow and expand and transform yourself. And we're all about that life. You're on the journey. But, yeah, you're on the journey. And we uh, are also on the journey and you're, you're invited to hang out with us as we do so. But there's a lot of rhetoric in, in this world about um, you know, trying to continually move towards what feels good, uh, get to happiness, get to peace, get to love, and all of these things are fantastic. But to think that we only live in those states is, is living in a, in a fairy tale land. There is pain, but some of us, when pain comes uh, our way, we find ourselves suffering and telling ourselves stories that allow that suffering and that pain to kind of just yeah. Hang out with us for longer than we needed to. So we wanted to really dive into where that suffering is coming from, 
how to kind of move around and move through that suffering in a powerful way and come out the other side knowing that pain is not the problem. It's a part of being a human and we get to rise above it um, by telling us ourselves empowering stories rather than ones that keep us stuck. So I'm going to now kick it back to Julian uh, and, yeah. and allow him to open the floor. Yes, this, this is conversation. Yeah. And just like Nick is saying, this isn't, this isn't the secret formula for a problem free life because remember life unfolds on our behalf. Um, and we can, that's an episode for another day talking about the philosophy of the nature of life in the universe And it, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of study research and experience has shown me that it is a benevolent universe. I would, I would go to bat for that all day, but sometimes the way that life unfolds, we would think otherwise. We would go, whoa, 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 whoa. There's some pretty gnarly shit happening here. Are you sure this, this life is unfolding for me? And that's where this, this conversation of pain and suffering really comes up because, yeah, pain, discomfort, obstacles, roadblocks, those, those show up yeah. on purpose. Those show up to teach you something. Those show up to initiate you into more powerful, more aware, more compassionate, more prosperous, more confident versions of yourself. Uh, think about becoming stronger in the gym, right? If you just grab the five pound weight and just use the five pound weight every day, <laughs> unless you're Nick, that's plenty for him. <laughs> uh, and now he's flexing on me, folks, and I'm actually terrified. Yeah. Women of Buffalo, hide your children. Um, or Niagara, wherever Nick lives. But, uh, in Rochester. Rochester. But um, okay, so anyway, right? Like growth and expansion happens right on that, that cross-section of challenge and ability, right? So again, if, if you go into the, the, the gym and you, you pick up a really dainty little weight and you just keep using that every single day, nothing's going to change and you're not going to grow. Um, but also if you went in and grabbed the 100-pound dumbbell and you tried to curl that, and it was just literally just way too much for you, you also wouldn't change either. So as life unfolds, as we grow, as we expand, we get, we, we come to these cross sections where it's, it's challenge meets ability. And this is how we expand. This is how we become fuller versions of ourselves. without any challenge. We just, we our our internal powers atrophy, put it that way, right? If we go unchallenged for too long. So <clears throat> So pain, discomfort, uh, whoopsie daisies, roadblocks, obstacles, that's okay. Those are all part of this. But there's a large amount of pain and suffering that is actually optional. There's a lot of suffering that is actually a result of our ego and the story we tell ourselves. And the, the reason why Nick and I are talking about this topic is as of today, it is December 7th. This is the seven year anniversary of when I lost my mom when I was a young 22 year old lad. And I went through a lot of pain at that time, but it also turned into a lot of suffering. And here's what I mean. Pain and grief and the emotions of losing someone, those are all natural. Those are all uh, healthy. Those are all good. Needed. Uh, Needed, yeah. Um, Are they painful? Of course. Are they uncomfortable? Yes. But is there some kind of natural therapeutic element to them? 100%. Now, and that's all well and good. But a, a lot of that pain and grief turned into suffering when my ego kicked in and said, why is this happening to you and not someone else? Uh, why did your mom, why did, why did my mom have to go through this? And why do other people get their mom? Um, man, this is, 
man, this is, you know, the story I was telling myself was one of, I can't believe cancer came into my world and messed up my family. And now my shit is messed up, right? Like it became very ego based. And for, you know, Nick and I talk about the ego a lot. Your ego is your limited conception of yourself. It's not who you are. It's not the limitless being that you actually are. Your ego is, it's your lower self. It's this me versus the world. Life is competition. So there's winners and losers. I'm defined by what I have and what I don't have, what I accumulate, um, you know, what I'm entitled to, where I stack up against other people. That's your ego. Your ego is the accumulation of your, you know, your stories and your conditioning. It's not the real you. But when we let ego take the driver's seat, that's when suffering happens. And so, yes, losing my mom, very painful, uh, very uncomfortable. But I can openly admit that a lot of the suffering that came at the, after that was, was ego-driven. It was optional. Mm-hmm. The grief was good. The grief was on purpose. A lot of the suffering was, was optional and the suffering got out of hand and it turned into clinical depression and anxiety, which I then, you know, turned to drugs and alcohol to be like, maybe this will help. Spoiler alert. It, uh, it didn't help. Um, but anyway, there's a very stark difference between suffering and again, obstacles, roadblocks, uh, and problems that in, in, at the end of the day, we hold, we're the decision maker. It's, it's our internal dialogue and the story we tell ourselves that will decide which, which way this goes. Is this pain going to initiate us into something stronger, better, fuller? Or are we going to go the ego route and suffer and play the victim? And so, Nick, where is this played out for you where, you know, the problem shows up or the obstacle shows up, the unforeseen, the unplanned upon thing shows up, and initially your ego goes, woe is me, pity party time. When in reality, it was happening for you. Mm. Yeah, the uh, the pity party thing. Uh, it's it's definitely something that I'm sure everybody can and resonate uh, resonate with because we all kind of throw these little pity parties because we all have an ego that mm. loves to show up and and tell you that like oh woe is me and yeah. life sucks and <laughs> <laughs> you know God or whatever is being mean to me and and you know has has some spiteful feelings towards me. But yeah, for me. Uh, Julian and I were kind of mentioning this before we we hit record, you know, last year specifically within my business and and probably right before I became a dad and my daughter Lucy was born. Um, and and for those of you that don't know, I I coach exclusively men. So when I got into the coaching game, I would look at kind of the atmosphere of what men's coaching kind of looked like. And bro, I would, yeah, bro, <laughs> a lot, lot of a lot of flexing, a lot of capital letters being used on Instagram. But so it was just very aggressive. It was very macho, not masculine, but macho and, and just kind of in your face, very fear based, at least from my perspective, uh, perspective. So I thought that that was just how it went. And I would try to be aggressive and I would try to be in your face and just be intense. And if you've listened to most of the episodes, you probably have gathered that I'm just not that guy because I've allowed my ego to take a nap. And I realized that you know, I, I get to be who I actually am at my heart and soul level. And I think, like I mentioned, having having our daughter and becoming a dad was kind of a significant point because that just dissolved a lot of what I thought I had to be because I just, I stepped more fully into who I already knew I was because I'm just love and joy and freedom. And just, I love to be a dad. I love to be a husband. And that just started to show up more. Um, 
in my coaching business. And that allowed things to actually scale and, and become uh, more tangibly successful. But the whole pity party would happen when I looked out at the, the, you know, the, the culture of men's coaching and be like, I know that I can help people more than this jack wagon over here. That's just yelling, <laughs> bro, bro, bro. <laughs> Right. Look at my car, bro. So I would just have these little pity parties in my office here at my house and be like, I just don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I feel like I can help people, but it's not resonating. I don't have enough clients. And I would get into the story of lack and scarcity and just frustration over how I, the things that I thought were supposed to happen, the shoulds. I thought that I should have more clients. I thought that I should be doing better than the jack wagon that was yelling at people on Facebook. Um, and once I kind of came to the point of, I don't even know if in the moment I was like, oh, this is my ego talking. I think it was just this natural progression of, I saw, you know, my life unfolding as a dad and just increasing my, my, pardon me, my awareness as a, a family man, being a husband and father. And just like that veil of intensity and uh, aggression that I thought I had to be, it just, it just disappeared because I, it was no longer serving me as, as the person that I wanted to be anyway. So I just naturally started to talk about being a dad and being a husband. And lo and behold, that turns out to resonate with the people that I want to work with anyway. Mm. So it was weird that when the ego, <laughs> it was very strange, Julian, that when the ego took a nap, my pain point, my suffering, the story that was just like keeping me up at night about how I should have more people that, that resonated with my message, that the the roadblock, the obstacle that I thought was there disappeared when I just accidentally moved away from the story that was kind of hanging me up that I had to be this aggressive, intense dude. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to talk about how I cry when I look at my wife and my daughter. Let's see what, let's see what happens then. And you big baby. Yeah. <laughs> you, you big sap. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and things moved in the direction that I wanted to the whole time when I stopped listening to or thinking that the story yeah. of what needed to be was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and so from a bird's eye view for all you at home, what happened was Nick ran into an obstacle. Nick ran into, okay, this is the atmosphere of the coaching space. It doesn't align with who I really am as a human. And a lot of pain and suffering happened by Nick saying, okay, I'm going to play along with this. I'm going to mm-hmm. pretend to be these guys too. Yeah. I guarantee a, like, I'm sure it was hard to build an authentic following and and create a client base because you were acting out of alignment, right? So you were attracting people that weren't your people. Uh, But I'm sure there was a great deal of internal pain, right? Suffering, right? Doubt and and scarcity. Oh, yeah. Right. And so once Nick looked and said, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute here, maybe, maybe I'm different on purpose. And maybe that difference is my X factor. Maybe that difference is actually what's going to course correct me on a path to a greater unfoldment, to more power, to more impact, to a more prosperous coaching practice. And once Nick's ego took a nap, mm-hmm. Nick gave it some Benadryl. <laughs> and uh, now here he is. Chloroform, actually. <laughs> Chloroform. Um, and uh, I know you all love stories, so I'm going to take a swing at this as well. Check this out, friends. So I would say about six years ago, I'm like, you know what? It was shortly after losing my mom. I had a pretty safe job tied up and I was making some sweet cash, but I freaking hated it. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to leave this job. 
I'm going to do something that makes me happy. And at the time it was fitness because working out when I was going through the grief process after I lost my mom, one of those things that just kept me healthy, kept me sane. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get certified as a trainer. I'm going to go, I'm going to go help people. And so I leave my job and I move cities and I get my training certification and I start applying at gyms and strength conditioning centers. And when I'm getting, when I'm getting ready, you know, when I'm getting ready to, to make the jump, boom, blow out my shoulder, tear my labrum, tear my rotator cuff, rendering my right arm useless. I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. So I just went all in, uh, into a position that requires, you know, my movement, movement, greatest uses of my physical self. And I just, you know, my dominant arm is not doing anything. Uh, and it's actually quite painful. And, and so if it was just ego, right. If it was just ego running the show, the dialogue would have gone something. And it did go like this for a while. Why is this happening to me? This isn't fair to me. Uh, Julian is going through a great amount of discomfort. Why is this happening to Julian? Uh, and then, and then, and then the comparison comes out. Well, I know more than these people. I'd be such a better trainer, but I just oh, don't yeah. have my arm. Uh, <laughs> and I, I would be, yeah. And then, you know, you go on social media, which is the, the sh all it is the gasoline of the ego fire. Um, yes, yes. It and is. you know, I go, Oh man, well, you know, I can't establish a brand because I can't work out and I can't get super jacked and take shirtless pics. Like this is literally what the ego is saying. And it created all of this <laughs> suffering. Like, well, you know, I, I can't coach clients at the level I want to, uh, no one's gonna, you know, I'm not getting clients because no one wants to work with <laughs> the, the trainer whose right arm doesn't work. And he's, you know, getting super skinny and atrophied because he can't train. Uh, oh man, well, I want, I need, I need to take shirtless pictures on Instagram because that's how you grow a fitness brand, right? Like all of these right. shoulds, all of these, I have to created this suffering, suffering, mm -hmm. so much pain, so much anxiety, so much doubt, so much anger. And spoiler alert, I didn't keep it to myself, right? I would lash out at my friends. I would lash out at my family. I would lash out at my girlfriend, who's not my wife. Not because they did anything, but because I was really unhappy. I was suffering. Now, when, I, when my ego took a nap too, when I chloroformed that bitch, uh, <laughs> that, that son of a punk, when I chloroformed him, um, something amazing happened, right? Just like Nick started to approach it of, okay, how is this happening on purpose, right? Like, how is this unfolding for me? Let's pretend for a second that life isn't following me around, beating me up. Like, let's assume there's a method to this madness. What could be unfolding? And this is really when I started to focus more on the internal game. When I started to focus on the neurophysiology, how the mind and body are connected, I started to go back to my behavioral science days from college and really revisit behavioral change because, hey, personal training, none of that shit works if you don't commit to a change in behavior consistently. So I'm like, oh, well, I can help people create massive results if I can help them rewire the beliefs and the subconscious stories that are actually screwing with their conception of the self and their consistency, right? right. And obviously that led me down a completely different path of internal development, self-mastery, neurophysiology. And, you know, if I never would have blown out my shoulder and been detoured the way I was, me and Nick wouldn't be here talking. I wouldn't be serving clients at a massive level. Um, you know, I'm happier than ever. 
uh, more fulfilled than ever. My bank account is happier than ever, way happier than I was when I was a personal trainer. I can Your bank that. account has feelings? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a happy guy. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes he has an ego as well. And sometimes he goes from happy to scarce when nothing actually changes. It's just his ego being weird. Um, sure. And again, like the obstacle didn't change. The objective reality of me being injured didn't change, but the story around it did. Right. And as the story changed, the suffering changed. And then it's, and then it's just game on. And then it's like, okay, if that bad thing ended up being on my behalf and that was pretty gnarly and it hurt and I got mm-hmm. surgery and it was months and months of PT, it, just, it was thousands of dollars. It sucked. Yeah. But, but okay. If, if something as gnarly as that ended up working out for me, like what do I have to be afraid of going forward? Right. Right. And so when this is why awareness and consciousness is so important because when things unfold, yeah, your ego is going to immediately want to label things as good or bad, favorable or unfavorable, right? Ooh, this adds to my life. This must be good. Ego's happy. Oh, this makes others more important than me. Or this, this messes with my worthiness or my validation. Ooh, this, this triggers scarcity within me because other people have more or I somehow have less. Oh, like your ego wants to just immediately label everything as this adds to me or this takes away from me. Therefore, this is good or bad. Yeah. That's a lie. It's an illusion. Correct. It's an illusion. And so... Everything can, everything can be good in the long run. It might not feel good in the moment. Yeah. Obviously, like when you lost your mom, not good in the moment. But again, there's a part of the process that is healing. And yeah. on the other side of that, you found like, I know that you've talked about this previously on other podcasts. You, you mentioned it here too. Like watching, watching that process unfold gave you like the sense of, I need to make the most of the, my time here. I, yeah. I see that time is limited. This is yeah. now real for me. Like in that, yeah. if, if this doesn't happen, likelihood is we don't have this conversation we're not sitting here again so obviously there's the ego is going to say like oh this this is filed under good or this is filed under bad but in time you can find purpose in in everything that that comes to you it's just a matter of in the moment of where the pain happens you have to kind of have a um a almost uh look in high being in hindsight (laughs) from the future like knowing that at some point this is going to serve. Are you me. saying we should go back to the future? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But I, I just also wanted to toss a disclaimer out there for somebody that's listening to this and, and hearing us kind of talk about how pain can be a place of transformation and growth. And, and obviously it's just, it's uncomfortable in the mo- moment. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't really have much of that in my life. So I must find pain so that I can grow. Please don't, please don't think that you need to sabotage your life in a way that, it, that puts you at a place of, of pain so that you can grow. You can still grow from different places. It's just that it can be an opportunity when you find yourself in a place of pain um, rather than suffering and staying stuck in whatever that, that mindset and that emotional state is, um, that pain can be a place where you get to, to get to grow. I know Julian mentioned in the beginning, you know, when you're at the gym, you have to kind of put your body in a form of pain so that you can grow and expand, your life kind of mirrors that, but you don't have to actively jump into you know, uh, moments yeah. that are painful. And, and there's so many, and I, I would put, lump myself in this, like I grew up in a, a family that was loving and caring. I didn't really have much that went wrong. 
uh, in my life. And I, I know that when I started doing all of this personal development stuff, people in my life actively said to me, like, there's nothing that went wrong in your life. Why are you so committed to like all this transformation? And I th- thought, I'm like, oh, you're, you're kind of right. Maybe I should just, <laughs> maybe I should just like break, break an arm or like, uh, you know, cheat I'll on try someone. Crack. crack looks good. <laughs> right. I'll try that. I'll, I'll just, I'll just find some way to sabotage this stuff so I can find myself in a place where I can then transform. So please don't misconstrue this as you need yeah. to go find pain to transform. It's just that when you do find these moments that kind of fall into your lap that you have no control over, like Julian didn't have any control over his mom's, uh, you know, cancer and condition in her passing and um, all of these, these other circumstances for both of us that have fallen into our lap. When they're there, just honor them and know that you don't have to stay in that moment. Yeah. You can process, you can move through and find something on the other side of it, but you do not have to from your place of, of living a life that you enjoy, sabotage it yeah. and then grow back up. You don't need a rock bottom. I mean, no. rock, there's a reason why rock bottom is so such a powerful catalyst of change because it actually, it strips the ego down. There isn't like, Correct. there's nothing uh, else there. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it's a powerful catalyst for change, but like, it's not the prerequisite. Right. And then just like Nick was saying, like, all it takes is an awareness. Mm-hmm. A call, I call it the call on your heart. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're capable of more. Correct. That's it. Right. And, that, and that's really all it takes. And so Nick, I think it's, can I hit the people with some neurophysiology? Can I just hit them with, with, yeah, you know, nerd it up, right. nerd it up. Ding dong. It's nerd time. So also when, so philosophically we can see why, okay, playing the victimhood role, saying the woe is me thing, letting the ego take over philosophically, we can, we can, we can surmise how that's not going to work out in your favor. Right. And that's going to perpetuate some old things. So but you got to understand, like, we're just walking science experiments. We're just, we're flesh and bones and hormones and neurochemistry. And those things play by certain rules. And so when the ego is in the driver's seat, uh, that is your limbic brain. And your limbic brain is always, that's your threat response brain. And so when we are operating under the assumption of, woe is me, something bad is happening to me, something, my worthiness, my, my, uh, my stash, right? Like my piece of the pie is being threatened. Oh my gosh. Uh, we go into threat protection and threat detection mode, which activates our sympathetic nervous system. So you need to understand that when our ego is in the driver's seat, we're not our real self. We're our threat detection self, which means cortisol is high, which means that our neocortex, the part of our brain that is us, metacognition, it allows us to be aware of being aware. It allows us to regulate emotion. It allows us to think clearly and make executive decisions. That part of our brain gets unplugged. So there's a reason why when people are living reactively, when people's egos are in the driver's seat, they keep recreating the past. They keep perpetuating old limiting patterns. It's because that's just the only thing that can happen when ego's there. Because if you're in threat detection mode, boom, you're going to unplug from your brain supercomputer. You're going you're gonna to access your brain's more primitive computer. And that thing, it's like a parrot. It just recites old things. It just replays old thoughts, old beliefs, old habits, old patterns, old emotional states. So you actually have a lot to gain from cultivating self-awareness and doing some inner work and and deactivating your ego sometimes, because as long as it's the ego, you're going to operate as if you are being threatened. 
whether this is happening consciously or unconsciously, a lot of times it's unconsciously, right? Not a lot of us wake up and say, okay, Tuesday, I'm going to, I'm going to put on these awesome new blue jeans. I have a meeting with Carl and I'm going to, I'm going to activate my sympathetic nervous system and let my ego act threatened so I can replay old stuff. Check, check, check. Like this isn't happening at a conscious level. So that's why awareness is so important. So when ego is in the driver's seat, the real us gets locked in the trunk. And then, like I said, it's just cortisol. It is just adrenaline. It is just our limbic brain. It is just our amygdala. It is just old stories, old patterns, and very, very, very primitive reactions. So whether you want to talk about this philosophically, you want to talk about this neurologically, you want to talk about this from a place of just strip it down to hormones and neurochemistry. When ego is winning, you're going to experience a lot of suffering and you are making it impossible to create transformation. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So thanks for nerding it up for us. I appreciate that. Nerds out. <laughs> he just dropped his pen as if it were a mic. That's how, that's how nerds laugh. Yeah. The, the, it's just the, the should, the should stories are going mm. to keep you suffering. It's going to, be that like with Julian, like he, he obviously has gone to depth about his, his mom. And then also a couple of years later, this whole shoulder thing, I could only imagine it that, was your, a bloodbath. that your ego just was like, Oh my God, like, can you believe all the things that are happening to Julian? Right. Now? <laughs> all of these things, he, he loses his mom, his shoulder blows out, like all of his hopes and dreams and everything. I was living in a basement people. I was living in a wet, cold basement. Woe is me. Was at an all time high? Yes. Yes. It was a very, uh, the pity party, albeit oh. a party of one, was, was still a rager. No one wanted to show up. It was the weirdest thing. No one wanted a pity party with. Sure. But our ego loves to hang on to and grasp anything that is going to continue to um, hold its story up. So yeah. when Julian's shoulder blows out, I'm sure it just exacerbated whatever was still lingering from when his mom passed. You know, <clears throat> when I was talking about my business stuff, you know, there was many times where I would just sit and have that woe is me pity party, look out at the scape of, of everybody else that's doing their thing. And I'm like, you know, this is just not even worth it. I'm over here trying, 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 like just woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Like it's only going to continue to echo the same stuff. And Julian just kind of mentioned this, like, it's just in survival mode. It's just trying to, to stay alive. But if you allow it to just take a nap and understand that all of this is happening for you in some way, it's not your job to figure out how yeah. in the moment. It's not your, and that's only going to cause more suffering, trying to figure out the purpose yeah. of what. Well, that's your ego is. wanting to be right. And that's true. And yeah. that's, a, that's a sassy set of problems that you don't want, my friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might feel like that's kind of an evolved way to look at it. Like, oh, what, what is this going to do for me? Yeah. What is this pain that I'm currently experiencing going yeah. to give me in the future? Like, that's, that's a, a story that you can't answer. Like, you can't yeah. connect those dots in the moment. You just have to trust from a place of like heart and soul. Like, at some yeah. point, I'm going to understand this. But for now, I just need to kind of yeah. process it. Have you seen Frozen 2 yet? I have not. Okay. So there's a song. It's called Do the Next, Do the Next Right Thing. Mm. Do the Next Right Thing. And it's actually, I don't want to spoil it to anyone, but Frozen 2 gets a little dark at the end there. And, uh, but, okay. and one of the characters who is obviously trying to navigate her way out of this dark place is like, just do the next thing right. Right? Mm. Do the next thing right. And so, yeah, from your current place of suffering, trying to figure out how the universe is, is orchestrating on your behalf from that very limited place. That's not the next right thing. The next right thing is 
self-care. The next right thing is inner work. The next right thing is managing self-awareness. The next right thing is um, nurturing yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, right? We all can guess what the next right thing is. And so that's what Nick is saying. It's like, don't, uh, yeah, don't, as you're walking through it, don't also try to, don't also try to be like, Ooh, where's the golden egg here? Ooh, where's the benefit for me? It's like, no, no, just trust. It will, it will show itself to you. Trust. Um, and let it unfold. That's, you know, that's a tough one, but it's awesome. Let it unfold. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the ego's, um, doing that it it wants to control the narrative of how it plays out and us kind of surrendering to how it unfolds and what comes of it and what your your pain ends up giving you purpose for like that's not up to you and it's hard for the ego it's very difficult for the ego to let go of like but i i need to know all the steps from a to z i need to know and you can again just be like here's some chloroform take a whiff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just hush little baby Go to sleep. and just allow your heart and soul your your inner part of you that kind of knows that mm-hmm. it's all going to work out at some point and knows that you're safe and knows that you're supported by god the universe spirit source whatever that everything that will eventually kind of make sense that's not something that you can figure out in the moment it's just a trust that this is going to figure itself out i just need to be here present with this emotion acknowledge it honor it like this grief this depression this frustration this anxiety whatever it is it's here i see that i have awareness of it it's not bad it's not good i just need to figure out you know why it's here and and let it be and we just have a lot of heart it's pardon me It, it is hard for everybody but it is a worthy a worthy acceptance of i have no control here and i love that I'm just going to let it go to come back to frozen to come. Let it go. Yeah. Full, we're just a couple full circle, bunch of Disney Pixar nerds over here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And, and one thing I want to point out that Nick highlighted is like moving forward from something. So when we resist something, it still is the focus of our attention, right? So when we resist anxiety, we resist grief. Oh, there's this grief. I don't want to be the grief guy. I'm going to move away from the grief because I don't want to be grief. No grief, no grief, no grief. Grief is still the focus of your world, right? And just like Nick, when you were, you know, really making a name for yourself in the coaching space, right? You're like, oh, scarcity. I definitely don't want to be scarcity. What can I do to leave scarcity? I definitely don't want to steer towards scarcity. How do I not do scarcity? Scarcity is bad. All you're berating your subconscious with is scarcity 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 right like if i say hey guys don't picture a pink elephant don't picture a pink elephant it's flying around the room it's got a big old tutu on it's a pink elephant just don't think about it just don't think about that pink elephant your right. subconscious doesn't get the don't it doesn't get the negative it right. just gets the subject and so you're like waterboard waterboarding your subconscious with yeah what you're trying to escape you're like yeah drip, yeah drip, and so drip. when we're like oh don't be the victim oh my god don't be a victim don't focus on how this is happening badly oh my gosh like that is just a inverted way of still staying there yeah still associating with it and still treating your ego to that dose of dopamine and adrenaline and and all the stuff that egos love when you resist something it's just like instead of wrestling with it you pick it up and you put it in this book bag and it's really heavy and inconvenient and you just start carrying it around Mm -hmm. um but it's still really inconvenient and still ruins your life so it's like 
you just leave the book bag, just like you got to move from it. Right. And that requires trust and a little bit of surrender, something that the ego doesn't like. And, you know, culturally, some of that is viewed as weak or whatever. No surrender. It's a nice thing. It is. Yeah. Surrender allows the suffering to not be a thing because it it allows it to transmute. You almost become an alchemist. It allows that suffering to transmute into something really cool. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, spiritual topics here my friend mm, yes we went uh went down different avenues but it all came back to the same thing it all came back to the same thing so let's let's start wrapping this up nick what is what's the takeaway what is one nifty thrifty pointer here that uh if someone was to take away one thing from this what is the one thing you want them to take away mm. i think the one thing that i would want them to take away is that if you find yourself in whatever realm of life that maybe you, you feel like there's some suffering going on, like you've been trying to lose weight, like why is this not happening? And you can hear the, the story that you're telling yourself and, and kind of recognize through our conversation here that that's probably your ego looking for a should. It should be different. I'm comparing myself to this person. Like it doesn't matter if it's health and fitness, your business, your relationships, like, oh, my marriage is different than theirs. Or why are we not uh, more intimate? Like, just have the awareness and, and look at all of those places where you feel this kind of heaviness um, and resistance and just know that your story is why it feels so heavy and just dismiss the story, step around the story and, and, you know, step into the ring with whatever it is and know that, you know, you are safe in your surrender to whatever your pain point is. Just be with it acknowledge it if it's associated with another person. So if it's in your relationship, have the conversation, have like, just be open and and allow it to progress. But the more that you allow your story to keep running, the more the suffering is going to exacerbate, the more you're going to be resentful towards yourself, towards your partner, towards whatever goals you have that aren't working out. Just have the awareness, look around your life and, and, just kind of take some inventory, take some notes, do some journaling and see if there's any stories that feel like shoulds, that feel like suffering, that feel like just heaviness and ask yourself, what story am I telling myself about this? And ask yourself then, is this the ego or is this me? And oftentimes it will be the ego. So do some inventory as you close out this decade and see where you're suffering by accident. Deep. Very cool. As he as he swigs from his Grinch mug, that's right. That's that's his that's his mic drop. Um, so I would say, obviously, we're talking about this because it's a universal human thing. And even though it's cool to pretend we don't suffer, and it's cool to go on social media and pretend everything is fine, the one thing I would like people to take away is like every person you pass on the street is suffering from something. Yeah. And just like Nick said, it doesn't have to be because their life is burning to the ground, or they just lost somebody, or they they're body part exploded, right? Like it can just be an internal form of inadequacy or doubt or frustration or whatever. Like we're all suffering, right? We're all dancing toe to toe with an obstacle that is here to initiate us into something fuller and better and bigger. But the ego is trying to chime in, right? And so if that's where you're at, you know, take a great amount of comfort and understanding that like, cool. So is Nick. So is me. So is the person you're, look to your right and you see him sitting in traffic next to you or your coworker, right? Like this isn't an isolated incident. This isn't just you. So I think there's some power in that. And then 
just to echo the, the core concept of this whole episode, people, it's, it is for you. I know it's one of those cheesy sayings that you see on like a, a poster in a middle school, like right. just hang in there. But it's like, this is for be you. All right. Yeah, this is for you in some way, shape or form. And the reason you can't see it is because your ego is kind of throwing the veil over. But when the more you can just stop resisting what is, you then give this obstacle permission to run its full course as something to serve you. So you're not alone. And yeah, just a little bit of surrender, a little bit of uh, remember, because when we resist what is, we perpetuate what is. So just stop resisting. Yes. What See resists what persists. Yeah. That's right. And just to add to, to what Julian mentioned about like seeing it in other people, you allowing yourself and, and being aware of what it looks like to see it in someone else <clears throat> will more readily make it available to you to see it in yourself. When you look at somebody else and like, oh, they're, they're going through something and just, you don't have to know what it is. You don't have to ask the person like, hey, what are you going through over there? I, I know Julian over there said, he said that you're going through something. You don't hey, have to Nancy, hey, Nancy, get over here. What are you going through, Nancy? That's a fun accent you went with there. The Dementors. <laughs> they're back. But yes, if you see it and just acknowledge it within others, when you try to then look in the mirror and say, okay, what am I suffering? What, like, what am I suffering from? because I'm also a human, like that person in traffic that apparently is a big fan of Prison Mike, um, <laughs> then, then you more, are more ready to have that conversation with yourself. So if that's a kind of gateway for you to kind of open up and do that inventory for yourself, like piggyback mine with his and, and, and play with them, just know that when you see the humanhood in others, you can see the humanhood in yourself. And um, that will just allow you to, to open the door to the inner work that's so, so important with this stuff. So. Cheers. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. So some deep stuff today. This is one of our more somber episodes just with the, the timing of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's nice to see the full spectrum. It's nice to see the full range of Nick and I. So mm -hmm. this is our more sultry range. And yes. uh, we'll also get our uppity duppity stuff too. That, uh, I think last episode was very, very, very uppity duppity. A lot of laughs and giggles and wiggles. So this is good. We're a very dynamic podcast. That's what you get here. So that's true. Uh, yeah, we hope you found this powerful. If you did, we'd love to hear from you. Nick and I were really airing some some deep, dirty laundry here. So we'd love to, uh, you know, we want to be rewarded for being vulnerable. So, so reward us. Give us so, Give us yeah. a review, people, you dirty dogs. So, uh, the the you, egos that we've been talking trash about. If you could just they want, they want reviews. Yeah, we want subscribers and reviews. So, I mean, really just because we want more people to hear this message because we want to wake the world the F up and, just everybody wins when that happens. So if you did find this powerful and useful, tell someone about it. Uh, tell us about it on social media. Uh, but yeah, please subscribe and leave a review. It would really be awesome. And then we can showcase you at the beginning of the next episode. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you know, and we can become BFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF